It's Drunk Sports episode number two. I'm Jonathan Levy. That's Grant Dennison. This is the show where Grant gets drunker and drunker as we go. He's already a few bears in this time. Yeah, I'm starting with a running start this time. Last time I started at a standstill, and uh, the feedback we got was that the drunker I got, the better the show was. Oh, so, yeah. So we're going to start a little earlier. I'm a, I've had a couple beers already, but, you know, I'm not drunk yet, but, I, you know, the, prog- the progress is along the line. Yeah, you know. so, so what's going to happen is Grant's going to drink beers as we go along. He's had about two so far. He had nine. Go ahead. Crack that one open there, buddy. There it is. That's number three, right? Yeah. Okay. He had number n- three. Nine last show, and by the end, things got loopy in a good way. So we decided to ramp it up, amp it up, get there a little bit sooner, and here we go. First topic, and it's headliners because it's quarter number one. Oh, yeah. This is a four-quarter show. We should talk about the format a little bit. Okay, let's. It's drunk sports, but it's a formatted drunk sports. Of it's course four, We have four quarters. They're you know about 15 minutes each. The first one is headliners. Yep. The second is going to be who done good and who fucked up. Yep. And the third is going to be, what is the third? Best case, worst case. Best case scenario, worst case scenario. Well, you'll understand when it gets there. Right, because none of these things would make a whole the lot of sense. The fourth is yet. why you're all here. <laughs> yeah, all all 180 yeah. of you or whatever it is. Yeah, is let, let the drunk fix it where I fix all of the problems of all professional sports teams. It went really well last week. Is what I, I, like I fixed say. a lot of things. Oh, no doubt. I'm, I have Just so you know, I've drafted a letter. I've sent it to Adam Silver, who's, of course, the commissioner of the NBA. And uh, I'm, ex- I'm looking forward to hearing back from him. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with you. Okay, so, let's get into headliners, though, shall we? What's the headline today? Today, the headline is about Le'Veon Bell, Steelers running back. I would say unanimous fantasy football number one overall pick. Certainly one of the best running backs in the game, if not the best. Suspended for four games. Count them four of the 16-game NFL regular season. Thoughts? Reactions? This, was this based on a previous... Uh, thing that he appealed and now he's no 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 what happened was he is supposed to be taking drug tests because if you recall he was suspended for two games i guess last year it was it was the for, first two for games marijuana for, right? for the wacky weed as the kids like to call it no now you sound like a narc like my wife would call you <laughs> so i mean if the shoe fits right um so he gets tested every so often because he was already caught once doing this and he has missed several Tests, several drug tests, not one, several. He claims it's because he changed his cell phone number, and so they haven't been able to get a hold of him. I got to tell you, I don't buy it. That is complete bullshit. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> that's complete bullshit. Like, um, it's not hard, that hard know, to find Le'Veon Bell, right? You're going to send me off on a diatribe anyway. Go. Because it's insane that the NFL has these penalties for marijuana usage, a drug that is legal in many countries, in three states in the United States, by the way. And how does it help your performance? Well, How is it helping anybody? It takes the pain away, buddy. It takes yeah, the pain so away. does all of the crazy drugs that the doctors legally administer them and well, shorten their lives to like 43 years old. Let me be clear. I am in no way advocating any kind of position the NFL is taking on marijuana or any of these other things they're injecting with people with. But I do want to ask you. So if something is legal in three out of 50 states, why shouldn't the NFL see it as something that's like what? not okay? Uh, the the implicit context of what I was saying there yeah. is that it's on the path to federal legalization, sure. at least. And it's not – everybody knows it's insane to consider marijuana similar to heroin or anything like that. Yeah. And it should not even be considered close to all of the painkillers that these NFL doctors give to the players as far as the impact on the players' bodies. Yeah. So the only reason is for some sort of face-saving bullshit, and it's very upsetting as a person who has partaken in marijuana in my life. Wow. Truth time. <laughs> yeah, just like Bill Clinton. I didn't inhale, though. <laughs> um, but seriously, it's just kind of crazy. However, on the flip side, if you're an athlete who's slated to make millions and millions and millions of dollars based on your performance, not only your performance, but your ability to perform because you're not suspended, and you still can't help yourself from smoking this non-addictive drug just for the sake of being in the NFL, it makes sense to not do it even though it's a stupid rule. So that brings up something, though. So a lot of NFL players smoke the marijuana. Yeah, of course they do because they have pain. Exactly. They do it as a pain reliever. And also, it's, it's fun. But Okay, yeah. sure. It's an, okay, it's, they have an enjoyable experience having a pain reliever, and it probably has less side effects than almost any of the other things like you were pointing out. The NFL injects them with, the NFL doctors and things like that, which do really awful things to their bodies. Marijuana probably does among the least amount of damage that a significant pain reliever can do, at least that these guys have exposure to, right? Yeah. So then how does that play into this idea of, you know, if you're making millions of dollars, you should, you know, hold off. Like, 
What if it's the best thing for you, sort of, as best as you can? What I mean is, you know for a fact that the NFL is going to be irregularly upset at you if you smoke weed. That's true. You know that the NFL is your gravy train. You have no resume because you've been playing football since you were eight, and you didn't have to go to class in college, and you don't have any skills other than playing football. So maybe you should... Just not smoke weed because this is how you're going to make the money for your entire lifetime. Mm-hmm. And that's going to really hurt it if you get caught with this a lot of times. Kind yeah. of like Le'Veon did. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. So Ricky Williams is another guy who's smoked a lot of weed in his life, played a lot of football. I think it's what, – what percentage of the NFL do you think is smoking weed on a regular basis? You know, I think there was actually a statistic that came out about that recently, mm-hmm. and I do not know the answer, but I oh, remember it. I thought you were going to give us a number at least. I remember it sounding really high. It was something high, you know, like okay, six, that's... 60% or something like that. <laughs> aren't you the research well, guy? Ask Why aren't you on it? I'm gonna, I will do some research, but since you're the drunk guy or getting drunk guy at least, yeah, sure. uh, maybe you could tell us what you think the actual number is, not even what's reported. What is the actual number? If we, had, you know, if we were omnipotent, how many NFLers, what percentage of NFLers are on the weed. I would say 75%. 75%. So if that's the case, then uh, what do you... I'm getting the uh, the numbers handed to me. Oh, at least 50% of NFL players smoke pot, according to Lomas Brown, now an ESPN analyst. That's his claim anyway, according to the Detroit News. Thank you to our... Research esteemed, assistant. Research assistant, yeah. Lauren. My wife. Also Grant's wife. Yeah. She's doing the work that you can't see, <laughs> unlike us. Right. Which you can see. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so, so Lomas Brown is saying it's 50%. You think it's 75%. So if that's the case, then why are you getting on, on say, Le'Veon Bell if three-quarters of the league he's, is doing it? He's a known offender. Yeah. The NFL is on him. He's a high-profile player. True. He stands to make more money than most players in the NFL. Okay, but he's already made a lot more money. Like the guys who don't make money, are the guys who really have to be careful, right? He's already made millions. You can right? you can go either way. You can yeah. you can talk about how much money you're going to miss out on, or yeah. the opportunity you're going to miss out on. If for you're sure. talking about a categorical opportunity, it's worse for the other guys. If you're talking about the amount of money you miss out on, Le'Veon's got it way worse. I can't argue with that. All right, let's let's get past this um, talk about pot. Okay, let's get into the NFL it's drunk reality. It's not high sports. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, good point. <laughs> Thanks. So. Uh, how does this affect the Steelers? They're missing the, the best running back maybe in the league. Does well, it matter? I mean, D'Angelo Williams did really well last year, so that means one of two things. D'Angelo yeah. Williams is better than we thought, or the Steelers' system is what makes Le'Veon Bell that good. Oh, I like this. So maybe Le'Veon ain't so hot after all. He's just in the right place at the right time. I think at very worst, he's an above-average running back. At yeah. very best, he is the best running back in the NFL. But there's a lot of scenarios where it is truly a system thing. Mm-hmm. If D'Angelo Williams did so well, who had just a garbage last three years before he was on the Steelers. So that's kind of indicative that maybe it's not really so much the talent. Ah, so maybe Le'Veon should keep on hitting the, uh, the smokes. Uh, that's not cares? what I'm saying, because he's still in the right so situation you want, to so make you, so you want him money. To, you want him to do drugs. Just say it. Just say you want Le'Veon to do more drugs. Sure. Okay. Go ahead. Do drugs, Le'Veon. Wow. You're gonna Have get, at it. You're going to get a lot of trouble for that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Goodell's, Goodell's all over my ass now. <laughs> all right. So if so, you don't think it's going to really affect the Steelers? Is that, is that what I'm hearing? I think ultimately? it might affect them a little bit. I don't think it matters, because I don't think they're a championship contender anyway. Oh, snap. Really? They, you know, I think it's a fair argument to say they have maybe the best offense in the NFL, sir. The best offense? What yeah. about the Cardinals? Cardinals do not have the best offense in the NFL. That's my rejoinder <laughs> to that. But the Steelers have got the best wide receiver in the NFL. I think That's we can all true. agree on that. They have another fantastic wide receiver in Martavis Bryant. The fattest quarterback. The fattest quarterback who did have, as you pointed out to me at dinner tonight, both a six-touchdown game this year, last year and a seven-touchdown game last year. Had an extraordinary year. Good year. Good year. So he's going to have all Martavis Bryant because Martavis missed some of the season. He missed the first six games last year. He's not getting Martavis Bryant this year. Martavis is out for the year for the same reason that Le'Veon's out. Oh, he is? Yeah, you didn't know that? I forgot. You're supposed to be the host of Drunk Sports. (laughs) You know, I mean, I don't do all the research, man. Martavis is not playing this entire year. It's the NFL offseason. I should have let you draft him in our fantasy leagues. You really should have. Why did you uh, let me talk that long about him in the first place? I wanted to make make sure everybody knew exactly how uninformed you were. Well, there you go. Who's their number two receiver then? Uh, It's not Marcus Wheaton, is it? Oh, my God. It's Marcus Wheaton. Yeah. Well, never mind. I take it all back. <laughs> yeah, so it's about time. They have a good offense. They have a very good offense, yeah. but not, not the best offense. And, you know, it's definitely not the Cardinals. Where did you get the Cardinals from? The Cardinals have an excellent offense. They have the best receiving core, pretty much guaranteed you best are, receiving core. You are out of your freaking mind. Okay, who's what? better? Who's better 
Name most teams. Most oh, teams are better. Larry Fitzgerald had an outrageously good year for him, for him last year. John Brown is pretty darn good. Michael Floyd is good. Michael Floyd's good. They're all good. But is any of them great? I'm going to say no. All right. Please, name a better receiving core. Um, You know, it's hard to do it on Oh, the yeah. Spot. I bet it is. Yeah. Patriots. No. Julian Edelman, baby. Yeah, you can't claim Julian Edelman. All right, I'm sorry. I can't. You no, know what a good answer would have been? The, ja- the Jaguars. That would have been a good answer. That's not a good answer. That's a decent answer That's right there. That's not even a good answer. Forget decent. We're off topic now. We are way off topic. Well, at least we're still talking about the NFL. That's <laughs> yeah, something. That's, that's a start. Okay. So uh, is there anything else we want to say about the Steelers? Anything else you want to say? No, I think uh, it's not going to hurt the Steelers team that much. It's going to hurt a lot of... You know, Le'Veon's fantasy draft value, but who cares sure. about that? I mean, we care about that. Yeah, but, but, but we're not talking about that. No, we're talking, we're keeping it on the field, on the gridiron, not in the uh, computers. Right? Yes, that's, that's right. How we, that's how yeah. we roll. Cool. This is being recorded on, on an old school, like, monophone. Gra- gramophone, yeah. yeah I think gramophone. that's what it would be called. Yeah. Sure. No computers. All right, let's talk some other NFL topics quickly, as it's only our second episode. Tom Brady. His suspension, his four-game suspension for Deflategate was recently upheld by Roger Goodell. I'm a New England Patriots fan, so I'm just going to you know, recuse myself of talking about this because I'm clearly biased. You're not. You're a Bears fan. Right. So what are your thoughts on – by the way, Brady has said he is not going to fight this anymore. He's going to serve the first four games of the season as a suspension. Because what are your it, thoughts on this? Well, I think he was kind of forced in that position because he would have had to get a Supreme Court ruling Correct. at this point, which would have taken longer than – I guess it would have just – Delayed it. It, it. Delayed it again, but yeah. he decided to just give up on it. <clears throat> I think it was probably the right move to give up on it by him. I don't think it's a reasonable suspension at all. I, I can agree with Patriots hmm. fans, even though I fucking hate the Patriots. Yeah, you do. But <laughs> I, I don't like Tom Brady. I don't like Bill Belichick. I don't like the Patriots. But I don't think it's a reasonable suspension. Everybody does this deflating footballs thing. Everybody does it. So two things, two questions. Number one, how deep into that beer are you? Because I feel like you're not drinking enough. Of I'm it. like halfway. That's that's number three, right? Yeah, I got I got to. Yeah, hurry up. you're like you're really doing a bad job of this whole getting drunk thing. There we go. Okay, that was a nice deep swig. Yeah, that people. was half the rest. So that was good. That's good. That yeah. was better. Um, okay, so what do you think would have been a fair suspension for Tom Brady if you think four games is not fair? Zero. Zero. Okay. Yeah, I think this is just a common thing that everybody does, kind of like smoking marijuana. Okay, but you're saying Le'Veon should like watch his back and be careful, but Brady should just uh, what? what I think say? Brady was doing what every single quarterback in the NFL does, and there was some sort of you would know more about this, some yeah. sort of Goodell vendetta against the Patriots. I mean, there's a lot of thought around that, but you know who I, the Patriots fans all think so. I'll say that. But let's move on. How does Roger yeah. Goodell still have a job is really the question uh, there's that some we answers. should be asking. There's I some mean, reasonable answers to that. They, um, the NFL made more money than it's ever made in its history. That's true. Basically, year, year after year, they make more money than they've ever made. And while you could argue that if we had a replacement-level commissioner, someone <laughs> yeah, non-Roger yeah. Goodell, they would have done very, very well also. I it's, can agree with that. It's hard to know if they would have done this well. He's done a very good job negotiating contracts, playing networks against each other. Um, working the players so that the players just do not get very good deals. And it's actually shown even in something like this Brady suspension where the suspension ended up really being about Goodell's power. It didn't end up being about Deflategate at all, ultimately. There goes beer number four. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's better. Got to get you drunker. It's going to be drunker sports. Work, working on it, narc. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so it, it ended up being about, you know, how much power does Roger Goodell ultimately have? And the courts basically said that the CBA says that he has all the power he wants, essentially. He, anything he says goes, he is a dictator, effectively. Right, and he is among the worst commissioners in the history of sports, at least from a public perspective, from what we see. It's, it's hard to argue that. It's not good. He doesn't look good what he does. He is the least liked commissioner, I think, of my lifetime. And there's been a lot of very disliked He's baseball commissioners. He's the most known and least liked. Everybody knows who he is yeah. because of how much they hate him. Yeah. He's the guy who keep who like changed Ray Rice's uh Oh god, that was not, that was not two a good to six to uh, that was horrible. Yeah, that guy does not care. But you look like you're about to die. Are you no, okay? I'm fine. I'm good. All right, because something's happened over there no, physically just, for you. It was a burp. I burped. It was a burp? Okay. Yeah, I, was trying trying to, to, I was trying to burp away from the microphone. Why are you doing that? you got to let the people oh, in on do, this. Do you think that people want to hear the burps? It's Drunk Sports. Tweet at us at what is even our Twitter? Oh, it's Pod Drunk Sports Time. Let us know if you want to hear my burps. <laughs> That's P-O-D Drunk Sports. All because one word. there are many burps throughout this podcast oh, are there that really? I'm, I'm hiding from people. Oh, we don't want to hear them. 
You don't want to hear it? I don't want to hear it. <laughs> oh, I know you don't. If, but... the, if the Twitter sphere really wants it, uh, right now we have two followers. But, you know, in fairness, we've been around for one week. And, yeah. uh, you know, we, uh, we haven't tweeted anything. We've right. tweeted one thing. So, you know, it's, it's, we're not expecting a big audience yet. All right. The so Twitters. We're, we're getting towards the end of the segment here. So yeah. what I, I want to conclude with something okay. before I get drunker and say less smart things. Fantastic. I think that the, the systems in place in the NFL are among the worst in professional sports. I'm not well versed in the whole FIFA thing. I know they're all fucked up. Oh yeah. Um, That's bad. But in American sports at least, the NFL really doesn't have its shit together. It's still the most popular sport, but the NBA is really creeping up on them and a lot of that I think has to do with how it is seen that the NBA is run at least. It's run well. Okay, I gotta just challenge you on something here. The Please. NBA is really creeping up on them. What in the Sam Hill are you talking I about? I mean, the NBA is gaining some momentum, at least as far okay. as viewership goes. It's the second most popular sport in America. All right, I'll grant you that. That's probably true. I don't think it's. I would guess pro football's growth year over year, even last year to this year, is still better than the NBA's. The NFL has a lot of stuff to contend with. Not only being run poorly, but also. The way the players end up dying early by oh, yeah. playing in the NFL, that's not people's good. consciences are gonna are gonna catch up here, and it's. I think really, it, I I think so. I do think so. I, I mean, mean, we do enjoy having our gladiators, but eventually society will kind of rebuke that. I think I could be wrong. How many years is it gonna take? Twenty to thirty from now. Yeah. Okay, so like the next generation is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're so. not going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. I enjoy They're watching and playing it. fantasy football, okay. and I, I enjoy and I'm selfish enough that it's fine. Okay, just yeah. checking in. All yeah. right, so let's take our break. We'll get you a little drunker. We'll come back for the second quarter, which is who done good and who fucked up. It's time for my new favorite segment, Who Done Good and Who Fucked Up. It's my new favorite because we haven't done it yet, and I like new things, like this new beer that I'm about to open. Nice. Ooh, the, the foam went flying. Is that number five? This is number five. Okay, yeah. this is good. We're just in the beginning of quarter number two. We're already starting beer number five. We're way ahead of last week's pace. Yeah, we're beating uh, Drunk drunk Grant's number one pace. Yeah, yes. by, soundly, I would say. By like yeah. a good beer and a half. Yeah, hopefully we can uh, beat, beat the segments of last week. To a pulp. Yeah, that's by, by having better segments this time. <laughs> I feel like you're actually significant, like another level drunker, even than from when we signed off about 15 minutes ago. That's pretty um, good. No, you no. seem like it. No, I'm just having fun. Well, that's good. Just enjoying life. Having fun's important. So let's talk about who done good and who fucked up, Levy. You better have something prepared. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so much more work to be me than you. you know? Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah, but I'm the one who has to drink. Yes, that's it's true. A burden. Yeah, I can tell you're very upset about that. Yeah. So. Who done good, who fucked up? So I'm going to tell you something that's going on. We're going to talk about if they done good, if they fucked up, and what we think about it. You ready? All right. First and foremost, in Rio de Janeiro. I'm going to assume they fucked up. They <laughs> well, you're going to be assuming correctly. So in Rio de Janeiro, the Olympics are about to start. You may be aware of this. Yeah. And uh, the Sydney Morning Herald reports that the Australian athletes who arrived found their rooms uninhabitable. They found water flowing down the walls upon attempting to flush toilets, a strong smell of gas, and exposed wiring. And they're currently staying in hotels to wait their accommodations to be more put together. I feel like we heard similar things about Sochi back in the day. We kind of did, actually. Now, it was one thing we didn't hear about Sochi is the mayor of uh, Rio de Janeiro did say to Team Australia after this came out, that uh, he would put a kangaroo in there to make them feel at home. Well, you know what? That's a deft politician. He knows. <laughs> he understands where people are coming from. Yeah. Literally, I mean, like the physical location that they're coming from. Yeah. What inhabits that location, and how to put it in the same place as the people who came from there. What do you think the cost would be alone to get that kangaroo? I mean, I assume they're flying it in. They don't already have. Well, a there's kangaroo. probably zoos in Brazil. Are there? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You know what? I don't know for sure, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna take the yes side. Okay. Yeah, that there are zoos in Brazil. So would you argue then that the mayor done good and not fucked up? Okay. I would argue that the mayor done good and that that is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think that's go. really funny. Yeah. So I like that. But uh, as far as an actual politician and as far as trying to host the Olympics, yeah, Rio and the mayor have fucked up. Yeah. That is obvious based on not only that, but a lot of other things also. I remember uh, four years ago with Sochi, or maybe it was two years ago, I guess, with Sochi, where uh, things like the doors wouldn't close to their rooms, 
like what it, you mean like the frame of the door was not the same size as the door? No, no, no the door. Sorry, the door wouldn't lock essentially. To their okay. rooms. So that the Russians could go in and murder them. Yeah, I mean, you were just, uh, you know, and also like bathrooms. Vladimir Putin, I hope you're not listening. <laughs> yeah, bring it on, Vladimir. No, don't. No, it's bring the, it on to Jonathan Levy. It's out there now. No, Grant's the drunk one, so you have to go after him. That so um, it does now. So, uh, but yeah, the toilets didn't work at all and things like that. They're saying that again now. I will say with Rio, there's been a real concern for a long time about them not being ready. And apparently they just recently asked for something like $32 million extra dollars to try and finish building out everything because they're not ready for people. Well, that's not good. And good this is not necessarily... Okay, so yes, Rio fucked up. But isn't it also kind of clear at this point that yeah. the Olympics in general are a fucked up thing. Here we you, go. You do not want them in your city. No, you really don't. No. Uh, one of the main problems with uh, Greece, and now I'm, I shouldn't say main, there's a lot of problems, I suppose, with Greece these days. Sure. With the whole money thing. But one of the reasons why Greece is in as much financial trouble as they are is because they hosted the Olympics, and they spent huge amounts of money on these stadiums which have never been used again. Brutal, yeah. brutal. Like I, hundreds of millions of that dollars. That happens a lot of places. That yeah. happened in China, too, for sure. Why would, any, why would any city want the Olympics these days if you're not trying to do PR for your country about like human rights violations and right. stuff like that? Ostens- what else is the value Ostensibly of it? Ostensibly, it's, it's to, to raise the economic value of the city for that time, but it obviously has the opposite effect. Right. And it has not only that effect, but a kind of a cancerous post-Olympics effect that manifests even in Greece to this day, which that was, what, 2004? Two or something? Uh, it was like a sure. long, long time ago. I, yeah. I wouldn't want the Olympics. I, I'm from Chicago, and when the Olympics were entertaining the idea of Chicago and Rio as the top two choices, I was not living in Chicago, but I was very adamant of not wanting them. Yeah. Now, a, a second thing that's going on with these Olympics specifically is the Zika virus. Right. I mean, that's not Rio's fault. It's not Rio's fault, but it's happening in Rio, and it's sort of an interesting thing to bring all these fit, young, healthy athletes who are going to come and have a lot of sex with each other, oh, right. by the It's way. sexually transmitted. Yeah, right? and Zika then virus. go and then immediately disperse to all corners of the world. Like, literally, all corners of the world, pretty much, except maybe right. a few places in Africa. Isn't there some anecdote? Maybe it was you who told me that just yeah. Olympic villages are just rife with sexual activity. There's so much sexual activity going on. I'm not, I mean, I certainly may have said that. I've been noticing things like that. I feel like, like maybe, that. yeah, Lauren is my wife, and she's nodding. She she must have been the one that told me this. It's just because these people have nothing to do but train and fuck, basically. And they're, <laughs> they're, all, they're all young and, like, in really good shape. And I mean, all like, it's yeah. a pretty great time, right, to be alive. You're like, hey, we're only going to be here for, like, two weeks anyway. You're, we all have perfect bodies. We're all about 22. Some of you are 16. Some of you are 30. But, you know, it's fine. Yeah. It's a good deal. <laughs> well, I don't know. About that, let's what? not. What? You, the, you in know, Rio, dude, in Rio, it's fine. <laughs> okay. It's totally fine okay. in Brazil. It's all hookup culture. Okay, anyway, uh, in conclusion, let's just yeah. say that Rio has fucked up. Rio has done a very bad job. And the Olympics, I'm going to agree with you. The Olympics are a travesty just in general. They were supposed to be this, like, nationalistic thing where everyone came together. Countries came together, and it sort of turned into this disgusting display of taking money and bankrupting cities. It's a horrible thing. Yay! So so they they fucked up. Yeah. All right. Here's another one for you. I'm buzz right now. Yeah, I know. But it's okay. Maybe this one will bring you back up. Okay. Or down. I don't know what, what it is. Okay. The NFL... Has announced. No, we're just putting down the NFL last segment. But the well, NFL, NFL has announced that there will be fines and I'm going to say draft picks. That's right, draft picks taken away from teams if they continue to ignore the concussion protocol. Meaning, if they put a player back in after they believe the player has sustained a concussion, that they will be subject to fines and potentially loss of draft picks. Thoughts? That's all. That's all fine and good. I think that that's more of a political move than anything else. Which obvious. I mean, I suppose that's obvious, but it's. Fine. Okay. That's 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 how I, I mean, responded to that. Like, thank you for doing that, NFL, but it feels like an empty gesture to me. I know it's actually has a real effect. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, I mean it no, should. It should, but there's probably ways around it anyway, based on the way this shit works. But the the NFL has known about concussions for so long and denied it for so long. This doesn't fix it in my mind. Oh, there's no way this in any way absolves the NFL of all the shit that's gone on for the last 
40, 50, 60 years, essentially. All the CTE, all the denials of it, the continuing semi-denials of it. Now, the fact that they still endorse things like high school football, which is kind of insane, peewee it's football. ridiculous. That's crazy at this point, considering all we know about the damage that can be done. Like, at least let the people be fully formed, you know, before their heads get smashed, you know, like car crashes several times a day, all day, every day. Like, what the hell? But drunk, having said that, drunk history episode two, we take some political stance. We're actually called drunk sports, but it's nice to have you oh, on wait. board. Drunk history is a, sh- a different show. <laughs> yeah, it, it is <laughs> far more popular than this it's, show. It's a different thing entirely. Yeah, yeah. but I think it start, may have started as a podcast. Yeah, it might have. Um, anywho, so but I will say it's cool that the NFL is doing something like threatening draft picks and not just fines because draft picks is something teams do care a lot about. Right, fines can be paid for if the teams are making enough money. It doesn't really matter. It reminds me a little bit of when Major League Baseball claimed to be coming down on steroid use and they would you know suspend guys for seven games or ten games and nobody cared and everyone right. was on the juice and all that. But you know, several years ago now, maybe four, five, six years ago, I don't know exactly. I'm not a big baseball guy. But they changed the suspension to 50 games for your first offense. I believe it's a full season for your second offense. And after that, you're like banned for life. And it really changed. Those penalties are so severe. And people really do get suspended for that long that it sort of changes the game. And it makes it feel like MLB actually does seem to care about it sure. now. Again, well, guess, maybe it's okay. political. Maybe so, it's a PR thing. Well, but of course it is. But it all is. And so it's, it's fair to say that the NFL done good on this. I yeah. would say that's, that's good. That's pretty good. I mean, let's be clear. The NFL is a corporation, and the only time they're ever going to do anything good is when they feel forced to, and it sucks just how it is. And they're going to pretend they're always doing it for other reasons. But there's been enough public pressure brought to bear about this subject that now they're actually making some sort of legislative change, and that's exciting. Thank you, Will Smith. There you go. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie, but I love the part in the preview when he says, tell me the truth, and he points at the guy. It's incredible. It's like the part in There Will Be Blood preview where he's like, I've abandoned my boy. Yeah, it's It's sort of like that. Is that in the preview? I think it is in the preview. Oh, man, such spoilers. How can you (laughs) find that out about it? There Will Be Blood. That's so brutal. That's not really that big of a spoiler. Come on. Are you kidding? We'll do a movie podcast. All right, all right. Another time, another time. Okay, uh, finally, for who done good and who fucked up, the Portland Trailblazers. Oh. Is that beer number six? Yeah. You know what? You're you're making me feel pretty proud right now. I got a lot, of, you? a lot of drunk sports pride. Thank you. Thank you're you. just you're knocking them down. What kind of beer are you drinking? This is unsponsored beer. Same bro. same as last week. Firestone Walker Easy Jack. All right. Good IPA. Summer IPA. Excellent. It's well, nice. that's important. That's an India Pale Ale, I believe. Ah, you're excellent with the alcohol names. I'm working hard. Let's over move here. on with sports. I'm yes. CJ McCollum signed a four-year deal with the. Portland Trailblazers, a max deal, in fact, for $106 million. CJ done good. $26.5 million bucks a year. CJ clearly done good. Well, there's no, of, way, there's no way he couldn't have done part good. Part of how he did so well, yeah. to use proper grammar for once in this segment, uh, is that he happened to be in this year that he yeah. had his breakout year. He had such a huge breakout year. He had an incredible year, very good year for him, obviously. But it was at the exact right time. No that, doubt. That I mean, if it happened five years ago, it changes his life dramatically. Maybe if he's still this good five years later, he gets this deal. But it's likely he wouldn't be. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to find out, I guess, as we go with him. But certainly there are other players in the NBA this year who had similar opportunities and really didn't capitalize. Still signed big deals, but nothing like this. An example, Another example on the Blazers, actually, is Myers Leonard, who a lot of people thought if he had the kind of year they were expecting, he might be signing a $15 right. to $20 million per year well, deal. Well, he had a terrible year, so that's, yeah. that's why he didn't get but that. But he still signed a four-year, I think, $41 million deal. Which is insane. Yeah. Right. Sim- another example, Tyler Zeller on the Celtics, backup center. He, a lot of people thought, was going to be getting about $15 million a year if he had a similar type of year as he did the year before. Had a terrible year. Signed two years at $8 million per second-year team option. Not nearly as good. Still rich, to be clear. That's more money than Festus Azili got. Yeah, it's amazing, actually, and crazy. Yeah. But let, let's look at this from the other angle, though. My question is not, did C.J. McCollum do good? Clearly he did. He couldn't do any better than that, in fact. That's pretty good. great. So that's great for him. Did the Portland Trailblazers do good? That's so hard to say because it's a one-year breakout player. Right. right. Like He was always behind Wesley Matthews in that offense and defense. Obviously, they play both sides of the ball in the NBA. I oh. guess I'm still in NFL mode. <laughs> uh, but it's... It's hard to say, obviously. We don't know for sure, but his numbers were really good. They're the type of numbers you want when you're going to sign a player, and I'm not talking about points and 
assists and steals and blocks, all of those are important, but his percentages, those mm-hmm. are those are what people are really looking at right now, especially offensively, obviously. And his are very good, and they indicate that maybe he can be a truly great offensive player for his career. You like the Trailblazers a lot, right? You you follow them. Yeah, correct? I do. And so you watched a lot of their games last year. Yes. So you watched CJ Breakout. What would you say to some of these different trade offers I'm going to make for you? Just straight up, player for player. Ooh, okay. this is fun. So the Cavaliers call. They say, we got Kevin Love. He's from Portland. We'll trade you right now. You get your this power forward. Do you want him for We'll take CJ back. Are we, taking, are we not talking contracts at all? Contracts? No, contracts can be part of it. They both have a similar contract. Actually, Kevin Love makes less money now than CJ. I got to say yes. I got to take Kevin Love. Okay, so you take Kevin Love over CJ. Okay, this yeah. is useful. This is great. That helps us. I'm going to be reasonable him. about Kevin Love, unlike most people. I think that Kevin Love <laughs> has been underutilized. And yeah. It's been unfair to Kevin Love the way that he's been portrayed in, the, in Cleveland so okay. far. Okay, uh, the LA Clippers call. Okay. They say we want to offer you Kevin Love's off the table, by the way. So now it's just this is the only it's just no, the I know, I know, I get it. Okay. Uh JJ Reddick. We have JJ no. Reddick here. No interest in JJ Reddick. No, he's like forty eight years old. He's like thirty one. No. Also, I think CJ his numbers aren't quite as good as JJ Reddick's, but taking into account age, absolutely not. Okay. Let's do a few more. Uh the Boston Celtics call. CJ better defender also, by the way. Okay, fair enough. The Boston Celtics call. They say we have Isaiah Thomas here. Just made the all star team. He's 27. God, Damien can't do it. Yeah, you do have Damien. Okay, that makes it a little bit tougher. I don't think there's anyone else they can offer who makes sense. Let's see if we can come up with one or two other interesting offers for you. Better hurry up. Would you take Andrew Wiggins? Yes. You would? Okay. In a heartbeat. Wow. Okay, so you don't think that much of CJ? No, I think I think CJ is... Wiggins has struggled. I mean, Wiggins has been just okay. He hasn't been great. Right. I think CJ is an interesting piece. I think he's a good second-best player on a team. It's nice to have. He would be an amazing third-best player on a team. Right. He's never going to be the best player on, on a team, I don't think. The, I, mag- the Magic calling off for Serge Ibaka. No. No. Okay, not even not even a thought. I don't, not, not a big fan of his game. Okay. Days. Yeah. Okay. His shooting percentage has gone way down from what it once was. I don't know if he can sustain what he once was. And he's getting older, so I'm going to say no. Okay. Um, Damian Lillard breaks his leg and is out indefinitely. He's How out forever. How bad of a leg break is that? He got shot in the leg with um, with a toxic, toxic bullet, and oh, okay. it's, it's killed him. I, <laughs> okay, so he's dead. This is not breaking news. This is just this is for the hypothetical. Up. This is messed up. Okay. Just hypothetical. So I want you to know like your point guard position is yet another position that you'd be willing to fill. You'd be looking to fill. That's my point. Okay. Um, Kemba Walker. Is offered. No. No. He okay. shoots 38% from the floor or something, right? Yeah, he shot like 42, I think, this year. Okay. Uh, Isaiah Thomas. Let's go back to Isaiah Thomas then. If if we don't have Damian Lillard's Lillard. dead. So you definitely don't have him. Unless, yeah. unless, unless it's the walking dead. He's, he's not coming I back. I think that one's super close. I think Isaiah okay. has reached his peak. He's not going to get any better. CJ's peak is unknown. It's not as high as Andrew Wiggins' peak, for example. Right. But it is higher than Isaiah Thomas's peak, right? So sure. that's tough. That's a tough one. Okay. I guess it depends on do I have to choose right now because yeah. Okay, that sucks. The Blazers were pretty good last year and without Damian Lillard, I guess we're in rebuild mode. Mm-hmm. So I say no. Okay. Got it. Last one that we're going to go on our next break, go to the third quarter. Kyrie Irving. Yep. Hmm. We got to take him. I I I know there's a lot of knocks on Kyrie, but did you see the way he played in the finals? He looked pretty good in the finals. He was insane. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I gotta say yes. He's a he can he can be a transcendent player from time to time. All right, folks, it's halftime. We're gonna come back momentarily. Grant's gonna be a little bit drunker, and we're gonna play best case, worst case. And we begin the second half of drunk sports. It's quarter number three. We're gonna play a little game. We this like where to champions call. are made. Quarter number three. Is it? Wouldn't it be the fourth quarter really? No, that's a, a miss. Uh, it's a myth. It's a myth. It's a miss myth. Okay, well. Yeah. Quarter number three is where champions are made in this. Oh, there it is. Is that number seven? Number seven. Ooh, okay, now we're getting somewhere. So we're going to play a little game we like to call best case, worst case. I'm going to present Grant with a scenario that has actually happened. And we're going to go over the best case and worst case scenarios for this event. You ready? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Play a little game. You said that as if we've done this many times before. <laughs> like everybody who's listening, it's like we're listening to FDR speak when he was doing his radio addresses. Like, oh, welcome back to the warm, nice part. No, this is the first time we've done this. Well, I think even last week I said we're going to do a little something we like to call. You know, <laughs> yeah. let the drunk fix it, which we had made up like ten minutes before. Yeah, right? it's nice to pretend that we've done this many times yeah. before, but it's actually the first time. Yeah, we've never played this game, so we're going to see how it yeah. goes. But I'm I'm optimistic. Grant. I'm guessing it's going to be terrible. 
Well, thanks for that. Worst case scenario, it's going to be <laughs> terrible. <laughs> well, actually, all three of these uh, events have ties back to Cleveland, interestingly enough. Well, Cleveland is actually a really big deal in the sports world right now, obviously. you got the Cavs winning. I guess their baseball team is doing well. Yeah, are they? I don't know. Did I just think make I, that up? I, I might have read that or heard that I don't, somewhere. I don't know, I don't but I doubt it. I actually give a shit. Johnny yeah. Menzel used to be on Cleveland, and he's always in the news for doing smart things. I mean, basically, you're just saying the Cavs won the title. Yeah. Right? That's it. Yeah. Okay. That's Believe okay. Land was a, was a 30 for 30 that happened. Yes, it and was. And then the Cavs won the title, which was kind of a nice sequence of events. I got to say, I feel like so often... A documentary or book comes out like Believe Land, and then the team that it's about then wins the championship that year or the year after. It seems like it happens all the time. Am I wrong? Are you saying there's some sort of mythical origin to those championship wins? No, I'm I'm implying there's a conspiracy and it's all fixed. Actually, okay, that's a, I you know that's better. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Is, is it your best case in mind? Is, mine's it, worst is case? it better? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know either. All right. Well, let's get into this anyway. All right. So we'll start with Cleveland Cavaliers. All right. They re-signed their head coach, Tyron Liu, who just won that aforementioned Cleveland Cavaliers basketball title, NBA title, to a five-year, $35 million contract. Okay. How does that compare to, say, Greg Popovich? Do you know? Uh, I would guess Greg Popovich is getting paid more, but not a lot more. Mm-hmm. $7 million a year is probably about average. He's probably like the 14th highest paid coach, give or take, something like that. The guy who was hired in the middle of the season. The guy who was hired in the middle of the season. That's Having right. no coaching experience. Of any kind. Uh, well, assistant he was, coach. I mean, yeah, yeah, he was an assistant coach in several places, including the Celtics, actually. Right. But he also did lead his team to the title. If you want to say he led, I, mean, I guess you could argue that's maybe That's a joke. Did. Okay. So you don't think he did. LeBron James led the team to the title, and he was the coach. I mean, it's very fashionable to say that LeBron is the coach and the GM, for that matter, the Cavs. But not in reality, right? Like, Ty... Ty Lu, for example, is the guy who's going to be working with the young players and trying to develop them. He's the guy who's going to be deciding. Nope, LeBron does all that. <laughs> He's going to be deciding <laughs> a lot of the minutes and like who plays when and what. I understand LeBron may have final say on certain in certain spots, but mostly LeBron's not going to, you know, he's not going to command over everything, right? Mm. It's, hard, it's actually hard to know. Yeah, it is actually hard to know. All right. Here's so, the thing. I think it's ahead. fine to give him this contract if it's the 14th richest contract in the NBA. That's fine. Whatever. Something like, it might be the 10th. Go for it. He did win the championship. But but wait, let's be clear. He? Let's be clear when when we explain this. LeBron James won the championship. Everybody already knows that. But it was not through masterful coaching like a Greg Popovich coach team. How do you know that? Drunk Grant. Smarts. Okay. Got the smart brain. Let me ask you this. Let's say they didn't fire David Blatt. I believe he was like 29 and 7. Do they still win the title? Yes. So then, so is it possible? So if the best, what's the best case in work? Well, I don't know if I can say yes. I can say they had, they would have had the same opportunity they had against the Warriors. And, you know, obviously through chaos theory, things are different. Sure. But... I think they have the same EV, expected okay. value, to win the title. So you're saying you don't think Ty Lue, as the coach, did anything more for the t- to help the team win than David Blatt did, as best as you can determine? Uh, well, from my very uninformed perspective. And, th- and seven beers deep. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I say no. I think Ty Lue is a figurehead more than anything. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. So what do you, would you say is the worst-case scenario for signing Ty Lue to this five-year, $35 million deal? I say the worst-case scenario is he butts head with... LeBron mm-hmm. so much so because he now has this big contract. He starts to believe that he was the reason they won. Mm-hmm. And he, he gets into LeBron's head and starts saying things to LeBron that LeBron doesn't like and doesn't back down when LeBron comes back. And LeBron decides to leave. Nice. Okay, let, let me take that even a step further. Le- LeBron decides to leave. By the way, he generally signs one-year deals with the Cavs, right. right? So that's totally reasonable. And he always talks about wanting to play with Carmelo and Chris Paul. And, and Dwayne Wade. And Dwayne Wade, right. The four of them somehow would I'll be on the floor together. It would be an awful team. Yeah. <laughs> you know, several years ago, it would have been good. But yeah, 2009. Yeah, that would, yeah great really, game. really good in 2009. Yeah. I mean, that's basically the heat. Anyway, um, so LeBron leaves, goes to the Clippers or the Knicks or wherever he goes. And Ty Lue, if he isn't a good coach, which we can't really – it's hard to really know, right? If he's not a good coach, then the Cavs are sort of stuck with this guy for a few more years because they're paying him, like, real money. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, I guess you could fire him and just eat the money. That's the only way to find out if he's a good coach, by the way. If hmm. LeBron leaves, then we know if Ty Lue is a good coach or not. <laughs> we get to find out how he works with these people. Let's say Ty Lue is a fantastic coach, just for a second. Let's All hypothetically right. he's, say that. He's Popovich, like re-envisioned Popovich. Yeah, yeah. He's, let's say he's actually a top five coach in the league. We, we can't know this, but let's just go along with this for a second. 
How many titles do the Cavs win in the next five years over the life of this contract? Well, there's a problem, and that's called the Warriors. Correct. So I don't know if you can count on too many, but if any team from the (laughs) East is going to win titles with LeBron and a top five coach, it's going to be the Cavs. Okay. So let's do this. Kevin Durant stayed. We're going to do in hypotheticals anyway. Kevin Durant stayed in OKC. The Warriors are what the Warriors were last year. Ty Lue is one of the best coaches in the league, it turns out. How many titles did the Cavs win over the next five years? Two. Okay. Um, Ty Lue is one of the worst coaches in the league. How many titles did the Cavs win over the next five years? One. Okay. So he's worth a title. Yeah, I guess. It, I mean, <laughs> that's a lot. If he's actually that good. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But I mean, but I'm saying that's what the spread is, essentially. Like, there's well, a lot I of... think it's not quite. Go ahead. We're talking in, in full numbers here. I think it's more like 1.3 to 1.7. I think it's more. Is more LeBron based than him, and I think that's clear. I think you're going to have to explain to the audience and to me what you mean by 1.3 to 1.7. Okay, so when I said he, they win two titles if he's a great ah, coach and okay. one title if he's a bad coach. Right. I think they win on average 1.3 titles if he's a bad coach Got and it. 1.7 titles if he's a good coach. So he's worth 0.4 titles, yes. not, not a title. And yeah. also, you could make a. I pretty was rounding re- up and down. Fair enough. That's reasonable. You could also make a pretty. I did reasonable. all the math in my head before you asked the question because <laughs> I anticipated the question. Well, you did great then. Thank you. That was very impressive um you could also make a very reasonable argument that um even in the 1.3 he's getting them to the finals every year so we're really just talking about the difference of like a game or two maybe even a few possessions he's not getting to the finals lebron is getting them to the finals. right i'm saying he's going to be coaching them while they're in the finals you're right he's not the one who's driving them to the finals that's pretty clear i think we all agree with that so ultimately just what's your verdict on this do you think this is a good move by the Cavs or a bad move I think it's really hard to say. This is a medium move by the Cavs because mm-hmm. it's so hard to know if the team continuity is that important. And if it is, Ty Lue is the one who was there. He was the emotional coach of all the players when yeah. this happened. If you're going to keep the majority of the team together, then that'll help moving forward. But it's clear talent-wise, it's all about LeBron and Ty Lue, Maybe he's a great coach. Maybe he is. That hasn't been proven. No. Can't be disproven either at this moment at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's more likely than not that he's not going to be a top five coach, right? Because that's just randomness. And sure. It's not likely. So I think LeBron is the main factor. And it's probably a good move just for PR. But as far as a basketball move, I'd say it's probably a bad move. Okay. I will say this, although you didn't ask my opinion on any of this. I'm going to share it anyway. You're drunk. Are you, are you, okay. are you getting angry? I'm not angry. I'm maybe are, a little hurt. I might, be, I might be a little hurt. Jonathan. Yeah. Tell me what you feel about the Yankees. I feel valued now. <laughs> I don't actually care about the Yankees. I don't tell know anything about, about the Yankees. Tell me about Tyron Lue. I'm just going to say one thing. Uh, thanks for asking. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, the Cavs really had to do this. He had uh, not yet agreed to a deal. They have to resign him. They just won the title. They're paying him well, but not you know more than everybody else makes. Yeah, it's completely these, this reasonable. This is the team that fired David Blatt when they were what twenty nine and seven. Is that something, what you said? That's what I said. I don't know if it's right, so but it's something doesn't like necessarily that. mean that they're results oriented in their hiring and firing. Well, I mean, I think they're LeBron oriented in their hiring. So and LeBron right. likes Ty. He doesn't like David Blatt. Right. That was what the whole thing was about. LeBron wanted Ty, and now LeBron still wants Ty. Well, after they won the title, though, I think. The Cavs don't have any room to do anything but resign it. Has there ever been more weeping after the win of a title than <laughs> the Cavs? The overall Cavs team, including their coaches, had just massive tears coming from their eyes. Not at the prof- American professional sports level. How right. About that? Maybe a lot of soccer teams. Soccer teams is what I was yeah. thinking, too. And maybe like... High school teams and college sure, teams, maybe. maybe. But no way have I ever seen an American team sport with anything like that. Ty Lu was face to the ground, like pounding the, the, the court in, you know, p- pain and relief and tears. It was I, incredible. It's a bit odd. I don't understand yeah. why he was so emotional about it. Well, maybe he knew this was going to be worth a lot more to him. And, like, it really yeah. cements his legacy right away. I feel no, like the whole LeBron thing was, was made sense a little yeah. bit. You know, like he's, like, coming back to Cleveland, the whole thing, the whole Believe Land thing. You know, not not because it got made, but because of the <laughs> existence of Cleveland as this terrible sports city. Maybe Tyler had just seen Believe Land the night before, and it was really, you know, still, like, that would real may, for him. That would, honestly, that would affect him. <laughs> 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 it was incredible, though. It's sort of nice that they cared that much, you know, like 
NBA and professional sports in general is generally full of mercenaries. That was that was so good for the NBA. That, yes. Yeah, it was great for the. Except for the it was bad because it drove Kevin Durant to Golden State. Well, and now, and now Golden State wins the next seven exactly. out of seven championships, according to Drunk Sports episode one, Jonathan Levy. That's right. Now it's uh, pretty brutal. All right, let's go on to number two, best case, worst case. Let's go to the NFL though, shall we? Okay. Staying in Cleveland though, because I said this was a Cleveland based. I can't wait. I've third quarter have. This not, is where championships, I have not been to Cleveland. This is where championships happen, my friend. Okay. Josh Gordon. You may remember him as being that wide receiver from way back when on Cleveland who was two so year, good. Two years ago, you mean. He missed like the first time. two games of the season and still led the league in receiving, if I recall. Yeah, correctly. he was incredible. Yeah. With a bad quarterback. Yep. He was multiple bad quarterbacks. Yeah, he never he's never had a good quarterback in the NFL in his life. He missed all last season on a drug suspension, like we were talking about before. So he has been reinstated, although he is still going to miss the first four, excuse me, the first four games of this NFL season. Then he'll be back. Best case, worst case, Josh Gordon. Okay, best case scenario. Uh, worst. I, I, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm going to do best case first, but worst case, yeah, it's going to be dark. Like, oh yeah, audience, it has to be. Audience, get ready to be sad because it's going <laughs> to be dark. Great. Best case scenario, Josh Gordon comes back week five. By week 16, he is a top five receiver in the NFL. Next year, in 2017, in NFL fantasy drafts, he gets drafted like in tandem with Antonio Brown as an incredible receiver because yeah. he is that incredible of a talent. He's really, really good. Yeah, he's a fantastic talent. Who's the Cleveland's quarterback this year, by the way? Do we know who it is even? Uh, Did they yes. take someone else? Yeah, I, I think we know, but now I can't remember. Yeah, I, well, you're drunk. Oh, it's RG3. Oh, my gosh, it is. Well, that's okay. I mean, he's at least competent. He's way better than Johnny Manziel or anyone they've had. Yeah, for sure he's better than them. I mean, he's guys. terrible. Yeah. Fair, <laughs> oh, yeah. But, I mean, he's really bad. But he's still better than the guys they've had. Yeah. So, so that's not bad for Eric, uh, Eric Josh Gordon. Excuse me. Yeah. Eric Gordon's a basketball player. Josh Gordon's ne- probably never had a quarterback as good as even this RG3, this version of RG3 right. throwing to him. So that's pretty cool anyway. I think his best-case scenario is he's the best receiver in the league n- next year and goes number one yeah. overall in fantasy drafts and things like I that. I think that's really possible. Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, he's incredibly talented. Yeah. All right. Really let's, good. Let's swing, though, to the uh, darker version, the darker world, if All you right. will. Worst case scenario. Yeah. Here we Josh go. Josh Gordon is dead before Ooh, the beginning of the season. I'm really? sorry. That's worst case scenario. I mean, that's every worst case scenario, though. So right. Why, I mean, why is it worst case for Josh? Because Gordon? he's been known to drive while intoxicated, things like that. Has so, he? Are yes. you just saying that? Is no, that true? at least on marijuana, not not alcohol. But okay, I mean okay. that's that's you're less likely to die that way. But it's still something that can happen. He's a guy <laughs> who consistently makes bad choices. It seems. I mean, if this is the case, wouldn't the worst case be, scenario be not that he's dead, but that he's also killed like a family of? Oh four? right, okay, that too. I mean, so like five, ten <laughs> people, maybe like plowing the school let's bus. Not, okay, let's not go super high. Right, right, I'll, I'll, I'll try to make it more sports oriented. Fantastic. Yeah. Sorry, everybody, to bring it down like that. Um, worst case scenario is let's say Josh Gordon has no chance of death, all right? So let's just go with that. Um, so he comes back in week five. Yeah. He drops six passes. He's super mediocre. He's just lost it because he hasn't been practicing, and he happened to catch a genie in a bottle for a couple years there and was really, really good. But it's just not happening anymore. Now he's just another mediocre receiver. Mm. He ends up on the bench. By the end of the year, he's not even really playing, and he's irrelevant by next year. I got, a, I think, a worse case scenario than that. Okay. He comes back. The first game, he's fantastic. He catches everything in sight, and it's like, oh, my God, he's back. And then before week six, he's suspended again for drugs and oh. he's out for the season. Yeah, that's season. pretty bad. That, that's that, more heartbreaking that, to me. That is worse because of, of the joy you feel as a Cleveland fan or yeah. as somebody who drafted him in fantasy or something where you, you just feel like, oh, my God, it's, it's true. He actually is this great. And then it's like, ah, no, he did a bunch of cocaine or something. Right. <laughs> so I think what we should do for a worst, best case, worst case coming out, coming from here is like somewhat realistic. So like what I said is fanciful, but like he could be the best receiver in the league in week five, and he could be suspended because he's been suspended so many times in week six. Like it's not completely crazy, unlike you know him plowing into you know right a sorry school went, of, a school of nuns. Sorry everybody, I went a little dark with that. No, it's okay. That's, That's what we're here for. All right, one last one. We're gonna do this one quick because we but can't have much time. No, we, we're already out of time. We're out of does, time. It doesn't matter. Do it anyway. I'm gonna do it fast. Dion Waiters, ex Cleveland Cavalier, signed a two-year, six million dollar deal with. That's number eight. It's amazing. <laughs> with, I'm gonna say the Orlando Magic. Is that right? 
Wasn't it Miami? In Miami Heat. I knew yeah. somewhere in Florida. It was somewhere in Florida. Well, he, so he's replacing Dwayne Wade. All right. right. Really quickly. By the way, second year is team option. So it's really one year, $3 million deal. Best case, worst case, go. I think best case is insanely good, actually. I know Deion Waiters has been a huge disappointment yeah. since he was drafted, what, fourth overall? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's right. But it's still possible that this guy is an incredible offensive talent. He's shown flashes, right? Kind of sure. J.R. Smith-like in that way. Where okay. like maybe his ceiling is still there. He's still young enough. Maybe he becomes the star of the Miami Heat. Maybe they become relevant because of Deion Waiters. Wow. That is some serious best-case pie-in-the-sky stuff. Like scenario, right? I mean, I mean, like, you know, within a, with some realism in there. I think there's realism there. I think there's realism All there. right. You know I'm prone. I, I wouldn't go that high. I would you say know I'm best, prone to hyperbole. Yeah, so, I do know that. Yeah. I would say best-case scenario for Deion Waiters is more like 16 point, 17 points a game starting and doesn't make the all-star team, but people actually consider it. People actually talk about him as a possibility for it. To me, that's like his best-case scenario. All right, let's do worst case. That's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Worst-case scenario, he gets cut you know, halfway through the season because yeah. he's just out of shape, not playing well. Doesn't mesh with his teammates. He's always been a bit of a locker room thing, you know. So maybe that's that's worst case. Yeah, worst case, like he tears up the Spanish league in about four months, something like that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, something like that. Sounds right. All right, let's wrap up quarter number three. We'll be back with an even drunker Grant for "Let the Drunk Fix It" and quarter number four. It's quarter number four, and it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Here comes the beer. That's number nine. He actually has a tenth one ready to go. It's locked and loaded. So I, in fact, have six more ready wow. to go. Wow, I didn't in see case that. This segment gets really crazy. <laughs> you, and you can hear in Grant's voice, he's not there as much maybe he was in the first few what quarters. What do you mean there? What do you mean there? I mean, you know, lucid, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's offensive. No, no. How could that be offensive? It's, it's just, it's I'm, not. I'm it's kidding. factual. It's great. It's yeah, great. I'm drunker than I once was. It's what, And that's what we love about you. That you get drunker. And that's why we can we can only have this segment at the end because it's called Let the Drunk Fix It, where I pose a sports dilemma or two to you as a drunk man, and you do your best to solve the dilemma. I do identify as a drunk man. Absolutely. Yes. I think everyone identifies <laughs> you that way. <laughs> so, all right, begin. <laughs> okay. Begin. So, the last three years in the NBA, the Philadelphia 76ers have employed a particular strategy, and it's a... Explicit tanking strategy. And then they fired the GM. They did. They got rid of Sam Hinkie, the guy behind it. But they essentially lost as many games as they possibly could three years running. They had the worst year record in the league each year. They finally did pay off for them in getting the number one overall pick this year, and they took Ben Simmons. The question is not about the 76ers. The question is you, as Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, what do you do about tanking teams? teams, especially with, let's say, this big draft coming up where there's so many good players? Okay, I uh, once had an idea about this that I don't think I can articulate very well at the moment. Perfect. It's not going to be very funny. It's going to be kind of technical, although it won't be that technical. It's not that special. (laughs) Uh, So (laughs) I believe the idea was if you get the first overall pick in any given year, so you get the first overall pick in 2017, Okay. you then cannot have the first overall pick or you cannot have a top three pick again until three years later. Okay. So, so what if what if you get a, the second overall pick? Well, then I guess you're lucky because that's the best pick to get. Oh, okay. So if you get the second overall, you could get the second overall pick two years in a row and then get yeah. the, then the first. Well, maybe pick. I should make it so that it's you know like sure. any top three pick you can't get a top three pick. Oh, okay, so a top three pick. It's weird though because there's some years where that would be a really big deal and other years where it really wouldn't. Right. Right, but you can't predict that. So the idea of tanking, obviously, you can't predict who's going to be the number one overall pick. You can't yeah. know for sure Carl Anthony Towns is going to come out of the draft or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it would maybe deter tanking a little bit. It would probably deter tanking in certain seasons, I would say, right? Like seasons where they weren't people weren't exactly excited about the draft, but a year where people were maybe very excited about the number one overall pick, teams might say to themselves, let's go for the number one overall pick this year. If, we're gonna, if we can only get it once in the next three years, let's have it be this year when we can get a Carl Anthony Towns. Well, that would be of all the bad teams, right? You'd have to choose of all the bad teams. I mean, I'm not saying it's perfect, but at least it's something to somewhat do something. You know, the other tanking, and the NBA is is doing a good job right now as far as as how they're run and everything. They got rid of David Stern, who was a dickhole, and now they're doing a little bit better. (laughs) (laughs) They're doing a little bit better 
uh, Adam Silver seems like a really good commissioner to me. Yep. Uh, the problem, the main problem with the NBA is the tanking, I would say. One thing that would be interesting is, uh, let's say it's next year, it's 2017, and so you are aware that, let's say, the Sixers and the Lakers, who had the top two picks in the draft, cannot have a top three pick. So you could tank and not have to have the worst record in the league, right? You could tank and have the fourth worst record in the league and actually end up with a, for the first or second Ooh, overall I pick. Guess, okay, good point. That incentivizes some tanking from teams that... It's less not, o- yeah. It's less obvious though. That is, but that's a good point. That's a really good point and something I did not think about. So that's a good. It's not a perfect. Not, that's not a perfect solution. The wheel was something that was proposed. That's right. And so let's talk a little about about can, the wheel. Can you describe the wheel to the no, people? No, you do it. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. I thought it was going to be great for you to do it. So the wheel is the idea that every thirty years, every team gets. All the picks in the draft, essentially. So one out of every 30 years, each team gets the first overall pick. And then the second overall pick is another several years later. And you're actually grouped in groups of six teams. So those six teams sort of move throughout the draft board over the course of the 30 years. So like your group, your pool, if you will, moves up, let's say, into the top six. You're going to get a top six pick. And you actually know exactly where your pick is going to be even 25 years ahead of time. You're like, well, I can trade the 2074 pick because it's the third overall pick. We all know that already. And it has nothing to do with performance or anything like that. That's the idea behind the wheel. It was actually roundly rejected by the NBA. It's a really cool idea, I think. I mean... There are some problems with it. I, obviously, there are some problems. The cool things about it are that you are not punished for good performance. Correct. Which is nice. That is great. That's probably the number one best thing about it. Okay. Number number two is that tanking is not rewarded. There's no reason at all to tank anymore. Yeah. That's for sure. So that's great. Yeah. However, there are some obvious problems. Number one is the whole idea of the draft is supposed to help the teams that are the worst in the league get better. And this completely goes against that, right? So that's a problem. Yeah. Number two, what happens if they expand like 16 years from now? Yeah, that's a good point. So, or contract. You know, there's smart people in the world who will work for the NBA and figure out how to f- fit that in there. What if one of the team's planes goes down and everybody dies? Well, that's a tragic event that I don't think we want to ever foresee or talk about. No, and actually then the team would probably still remain anyway. They'd have an expansion draft right yeah. away. So actually that would be fine for the draft slots. It's messed up. That's so all you care about is the draft slots, man. Care about human life, maybe. Drunk guy. Don't don't try to put this on me. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who said that. You said those things. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay, so any other thoughts with uh, how to deal with tanking? Uh, no, I think the wheel is probably the most effective way. Obviously, it was roundly and fully rejected. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine had the idea of what's called the draft buddy system. I think also uh, Zach Lowe on ESPN has talked about this at times. I'm All not right, sure let's hear it. The, the idea of a draft buddy is that halfway through the season, teams with the worst record, I think, the team with the worst record halfway through the season picks the team whose draft pick they get, and they swap picks. So huh. draft position. So you never. So the last. So the second half of the season, your losses never help you at all in terms of getting the uh, the number one pick or anything like that. Like you aren't tanking for yourself. You're tanking for somebody else in the second half of the season. That's interesting. Yeah. But there could be collusion there. There, there could be a is, lot of collusion. That there. could be a problem for sure. There there are probably ways around that too, though, where they say something like, if you're in the bottom five, you have to take a team that has. You know, let's say an average record, or so, you know, around 500 or something like that. So there's a, actually you're sort of penalized. This goes again to the problem, though, of the worst teams, in theory, should be getting some of the better players, like the best players, not the sort of medium players in the draft, right? Yeah. Of course, the lottery also sometimes doesn't work that way, where once in a while we'll see, like, the Orlando Magic or the Cleveland Cavaliers, pretty good teams, end up with the number one pick multiple years in a row. Yep. And I mean, that's sort of the luck of the draft, and that's. In some ways, important because it, it helps slow down the idea of tanking and not reward teams just for automatically getting the worst pick. But, um, but then they become these sort of much better teams very quickly. Sure. Here's another little thing I want to talk about around tanking. We never see the NFL teams tank. Nope. It's a little weird. Sometimes you'll see the two worst teams play the last week of the season, and they both are trying their damnedest to win. Even I think though there's a, a football culture. Sorry to cut yeah. you off. No, that it's fine. Totally my bad. But You're good. I think there's a football culture. I was talking about this with my wife, Lauren, earlier, that football players just have this weird thing. I never played football. I want to clarify this. I never played football in my life. But I had a high school friend who had seven concussions yeah. in high school. Seven concussions. And... All of us, all of all of his friends were saying, 
why don't you just quit? Why don't you just get the fuck out of there? He's like, you don't understand. This is football. You can't quit. So there's something in football that just makes people keep going. I, I, I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, the culture of football. It seems like there must be something to that. It's odd, though, because these are you know the best athletes in the world, be it the NFL or the NBA. They've been competitors their whole lives. I guess the difference is in football, like in the NBA, they still, the players are still trying to win. They just put out a terrible team. They basically make it so they can't win. But in football, somehow it doesn't work that way. Like they don't bench their, the coaches don't bench their best players in the last game of the season right. when it really benefits them to do so. Yeah, I, it's kind of odd. I, it it is really odd, and I think it's just something about the culture of football involves far more pride than the culture of basketball, at least. I mean, once in a while, it really matters. Sometimes there's a very clear number one overall pick, like Andrew Luck, who's the clear number one and is you know got a great yeah. chance to be a superstar. And you you and the other team have the, you're the Colts, and you've got you know the worst team record in the league. You're playing the, the Buccaneers or something like that, and you're trying to win the game. It's crazy. Well, there's there's it's not just draft picks that exemplify this problem in the NFL or whatever. Maybe it's not a problem, but this obsession with winning in the NFL. But mm-hmm. for example, Tyron Matthew last year, yeah. he tore his ACL in the fourth quarter of a game that the Cardinals were winning by a lot. It was like week 17 or 16, one of those weeks. And he's a very important defensive piece. Did not have to be on the field. Tore his ACL because no reason. Because yeah. they decided to keep their starters on while they were up by an enormous amount. Yeah. Like, it was ridiculous. Ronnie Lott back in the day, the, sa- the safety for the uh, 49ers, Hall of Fame safety, Hurt his thumb in such a way that it was jammed so badly and so messed up. I think it was broken in two. And they wouldn't let him go back out on the field because it was so messed up. And he said, just cut it off. And they cut off the tip of his thumb. And he went back out and continued to play. And That's insane. Yeah. And it wasn't like that's a small That's considered tip. admirable. But I think in normal life, that's a sociopath. Like, um, that's an insane human. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. I'll agree with you. It is weird that I find myself critiquing the NBA for sort of in some ways incentivizing tanking. And yet I also find myself critiquing the NFL teams for not tanking because I guess they're incentivized too. They're just not doing it. No, you're, sort of no the, the difference is you're critiquing the NBA as an organization yeah. for incentivizing tanking. You're critiquing the NFL teams for not taking advantage okay, of the organization. Okay, you're right. So they're different. It things. does actually make sense. Yeah. The NFL actually is totally incentivizing tanking. Teams just aren't doing it yet. Somehow. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Hey, let's stay on the NFL for a little more. Let the drunk fix it. Shall yeah. We? Let me fix something else because I don't feel like I fixed anything. No, I feel like you actually did a pretty terrible <laughs> job of saving the NBA. It's okay. No one cares about basketball anyway. Uh, I care. I like. Yeah, you know, I know. It, it's what it's like catching up to the NFL, according to you, like a half hour ago. So let's talk about the NFL. Let's make you. Roger Goodell's out. You are now commissioner of the NFL. Congratulations. The world is happy. Yeah. I mean, not because of me, just because Roger Goodell is out. Yeah, but That's... they're probably happy about you, too. I, they don't know who I am. They're, you're the Nobody sports knows. guy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. So, um, so one of the main issues the NFL has faced is player safety issues and concussion issues, right? Are you finishing that yes, beer? Is I'm that finishing happening? a beer. I'm gonna... Okay, that number nine is done. I just wanted to beat Drunk Sports 1, so no, nine, nine's going away. I'm worried about when we hit like episode 90. What's How many beers are you going to be drinking? Well, I'm not going to do one more each episode. <laughs> that's not the plan. Uh, are you going to try and beat each episode, though? No. Okay. No, that's not. Are you not... sure? I just wanted to, to make a splash in episode <laughs> two. Oh, this is great PR for us. Yeah. Fantastic. Obviously. It's taking me a while to open this case of beer. It's okay. No, we're, we're talking right through it. Okay, here we go. Let's, let's let the people hear number 10. There you go. Number 10, indeed. All right. Okay, so you are now the commissioner of the NFL, and there's been a lot of player safety issues for a long, long time. And let's not even get into what you would do sort of as reparations for the folks who've are you know who've played before. Okay. Although there's clearly a lot you could do there. Let's just talk about the game as it stands right now on the field. How would you fix or change the game to make it safer for players, or would you even do that? No. Okay. Here we go. Why not? Uh well, I assume I'm beholden to all of the people that Roger Goodell are beholden to. Um, okay, but I'm giving you some leeway here. You get, you're the drunk. You get to fix it. So how do you want to fix it? If you want to. You get to fix it. If I am the commissioner of the NFL, and if it's okay, so there's a couple different things I could do here. Okay. I'm going to go with like the good person in me and say I will destroy the NFL. I will make it not happen anymore. Wow. Because I think it's really bad for all of the players. I think it's truly a bad thing if your son plays in the NFL He's going to die earlier on average yeah. than an, a normal human. Significantly earlier. Yeah. Like 17 years earlier. That's not good. Yeah. Right? It's fucked up. 
Okay. So if I'm being a good person here and being a downer drunk, <laughs> I would say I would find a way to like sabotage it from the inside. Okay. Get it out of there. If I'm trying to make the NFL successful, let's say you're still trying to have a pro- be able to put a product on the field that resembles the NFL. I say let let them go nuts and and <laughs> go on and just call it bullshit whenever whenever anybody basically what Goodell's doing I think whenever any well I, he's not really, really? Doing it, but uh, what I Goodell's think, think, doing that's your solution just he's got it that's your solution if he wants the NFL to remain a viable thing now that I'm thinking about it he might have the right strategy I mean I think he's bad at handling situations I would yeah. I would do a better job at handling the individual <laughs> situations hopefully. <laughs> Give me another beer. I'll the, handle this. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but I think you still you you just keep going. You'd be like, you know what? These guys want to do it. They want to fucking die early. It's fine. Let them let them kill each other. Okay. That's- All right. So let let me just stay on you a little bit more here with this. Okay. So so far you presented essentially drop an atomic bomb in the NFL and destroy it, or let them go crazy. Is there some middle ground where you you help the players be safer, but you're still putting the NFL product out on the field? I. I don't know. The, I would have to know more nuances of the technology of helmets and pads and stuff. <laughs> okay, okay, drunk guy. But maybe you could just spout some stuff off, which might be helpful. All right, if the helmets were all made of Nerf, yeah, and the ball was made of Nerf, and also all of the pads were made of Nerf, and the Nerf was extremely wide on everybody, and they're just bouncing around. <laughs> you mean thick? When yeah, you like okay. thick, yeah. thick Nerf. Okay. Yeah, Nerf. So, you guys know what I mean when I say Nerf, right? I mean, I mean like, sure. It's just like foam. Yeah, but basically nobody gets hurt ever. You just it's you're bouncing around. Okay, well, one possible solution. I'm just gonna throw something <laughs> out because I feel like you're really out there, my man. Um, <laughs> is like you could, for example, uh, change the rules a little bit so it isn't tackle anymore. It's like two hand touch or flag football or something like that. Nobody is going to watch that. No one does watch that. They actually have those kinds of leagues. No one watches that. Yeah, That's why, would, why would anybody is watch Is there that? something you could do to change it so that way it's less violent? I guess, do you think there's anything? No, I think, unfortunately, yeah. I think that I'm going to have to say it's unfixable even by the drunk. Wow, that's crazy. Even yeah. the drunk couldn't fix it? No, I think it's just going to die slowly, and it's because it's a brutal sport. Yeah. It's loved because of its brutality. If you take away the brutality, it's not a sport anymore that people love. That's just the way it is. I know that's the hard truth. That's not what you want from Let the Drunk Fix It. I The, the drunk didn't fix either problem this time on Let the Drunk Fix It. Yeah. We've only had two shows. <laughs> you fixed you fixed them last time, in fairness. Yeah, I fixed them real good. You fixed them really good. Maybe, maybe these problems are a little too big for the drunk. Maybe yeah. the drunk needs slightly less sophisticated issues to yeah, deal with. That, that's how All right, we're figuring it out as we go. <laughs> There's no more problems for the drunk to fix? No, that's it. We're, we're well over time anyway. Oh, that's too bad. So, no, that's All right, the well, I guess we're done then. Yeah, that's that's the end of quarter number four. We'll see you guys next Thursday? Is that when we're dropping it? Um, no, have, Tuesday. No, we're, Tuesday we're dropping it on Tuesdays. So Tuesday night, we're going to come out with our next edition of Drunk Sports. We don't know what's going to be on it yet. We'll find out. But we'll see you for headliners, best case, worst case, who fucked up, who done good, and of course, let the drunk fix it. That's Grant, Grant Dennis, and I'm Jonathan Levy. See you next week.